0: Om Shanti, everyone. Welcome to The Next Normal in collaboration with America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. I hope you're doing very well and rising above the tides of change. I have to say, this morning I sent out a little note to some friends of mine and I was saying, I feel a little bit down today. I don't know. What is it about misery enjoying company? (laughs) I mean, what is that all about? I mean, the three of them texted back to me and says, I think there's something in the air. I feel pretty crappy too. <laughs> and I just felt so good. I mean, after they said that, for some reason, I just felt a great deal of comfort. And after I began to observe that feeling, I went inside and I went to source and I go, what is it about misery that likes company? So shouldn't joy and success and abundance also like company? Of course it does. We all love to be around optimistic, inspiring people. I mean, I'm okay if you're not feeling well. And I was raised around a parent that had a lot of emotional, mental issues. And so I'm accustomed to being the one that's always like, come on, you can do it. Be happy. And so I think that whenever I feel like, oh, my day feels like crap, you know, I just go, where do I turn? I turn to my friends. And when my friends are going, oh yeah, I feel the same way, I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're doing exceptionally awesome, because that's my blessing and my pure wish for you. You know, we've had a wonderful journey with lockdown and everything. We are approaching our year anniversary of being online with you. The meditation museums are so closed, can you believe it? And we are in the midst of looking at acquiring a new space and a little mini retreat place. So if you want to support that, please go onto meditationmuseum.org and click that donate button. By all means, I'm in that mode of getting that retreat place like you would not believe. We have been giving a little bit of a time limit here, so I'm moving as fast as I can. <laughs> it's like Godspeed time. So do support us if you're interested. I'm kind of thrilled about my guest that I'm going to have on for our special Wednesday program because we actually had an interview on America Meditating Radio years ago. And Jennifer Hill from Awake TV had connected me back with our special guest, Dane Nair, and we realized that, gosh, there's something so beautiful and so perfect about the way he shows up in the world. And Jennifer Hill, thank you so much. If you're watching the show today, you've always been like an awesome supporter of our work and we appreciate it. So I'm looking forward to our conversation with Dane today. So Dane here is the best-selling author, change maker, internationally renowned speaker and co-creator of Access Consciousness. On the line with everyone. Access Consciousness, one of the largest personal development companies practiced in 176 countries. For more than 20 years, Dr. Here has traveled the world sharing his unique insights on happiness, relationships, getting over the yuck, so Dan, you're going to help me to get over my yuck today, and everything in between. Growing up in a low-income urban community in Los Angeles, Dr. Here was exposed to constant abuse. However, he never chose to be a victim. In his talks and workshops, he uses a set of tools and provides step-by-step energetic processes to get people out of the conclusions and judgments that are keeping them stuck. Dr. Here has been a guest on hundreds of nationally syndicated radio shows and has appeared on several TV shows, including Fox News, Good Morning Shows in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and even Guyan TV. He's the author of 14 books on topics dealing with embodiment, consciousness, healing, money, relationships. His latest book is entitled Being You changing the world. Give us a big hand. Let me warmly welcome the wonderful Dr. Here. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Sir Jenna. It is an honor and a pleasure.
0: Did you hear me spilling out about, oh God, I was having one of those days and I (laughs) called my friends and then I go, oh God, I feel great.
1: I love that. You know, you said it so brilliantly, misery loves company. And sometimes if you know somebody else is going through it, it's like, oh, okay. All right. It's just what's happening and then we stop making it personal, and then it's all good. Why
0: is it that the human spirit has this uncanny natural wiring to make so many things in their lives is so personal?
1: Well, I think you said it, it's our wiring. And even more than that, perhaps it's our condition. It's what we learn growing up. And the funny part is, if you're really happy, people have a hard time with that. You ever notice? But when you have trauma and drama going on, they're like, oh, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And so even from the time we're little kids, we're taught that if I'm happy, there's probably something wrong and it's too much. Like I grew up in a family where if I was too happy, guaranteed within 30 minutes to three hours, somebody in the family would create a drama that would be designed specifically to take that away so we could go back to our unhappy, miserable lives. It's just something we learn, but we do have different choices. We just need to recognize it.
0: It's funny, a few months ago I was interviewing Caroline Mace, and I'd asked her this similar question to, what is it about people that they tend to not want to celebrate your glory, or they tend to be quite critical about you, if you seem to be okay? And I loved her answer. She said, people are intimidated by people who are doing okay. Like, there's an intimidation that comes into people, and instead of them celebrating and raising you up to go higher, there's an uncanny ability that they feel they're losing power. So then they think that the only way they can maintain power is to keep pushing you down, and hopefully you'll stay down instead of rise up. Have you seen that too?
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's an interesting thing because there is what could be and there is what has been and what seems to be right now. And what could be is we could see somebody who was happy, who was empowered, who was like, Hey, yeah, I know there's a lockdown, but my life is great. Sorry. I'm happy. Anyway, you can't stop me. Nanny, 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 you know, and we could look at them and we could be inspired. But what we do is we purposely bypass the inspiration that people can be so that we can maintain our connection with others that we feel are vibrating on a similar level. And we don't even realize we do this herd mentality thing. It's so ingrained in us. We think it's our choice, And to a certain extent it is, but in actuality, it's more like the herd's choice. So we make the choice to be the lowest common denominator with the herd rather than being inspired by that person who's the neon sheep in the herd that's like, hey, I'm having a good time. I'm happy. I'm creating anyway. Oh my God, my connection with everything in the world has grown ever since this lockdown. You know, and even the energy that I'm being right now is going to be too much for people. It's like, you must be fake if you're that much energy. I'm like, nope. I've been this energy since I was a little kid. And no matter how much abuse I experience, I'm still this energy. And there are a lot of us that I believe would like to have the freedom to be more like that, to have the energy to be like, no, I'm actually happy. I'm actually great. I'm actually alive. Connection to spirit. And from, you know, what I talk about is accessing consciousness, which we all have different words, you know, that work for us. But it's like if connection to spirit gives us anything, it should be the ability to be happy, to actually enjoy our lives. But we have spiritual traditions that have gone on for thousands of years that are based on your suffering here so you can get to someplace better when you die. And then there's a lot of other spiritual traditions that are like, no, actually, you're not going to die and go to heaven. You're going to come back, nanny, 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 but you're still going to suffer so you can prove you're a good person. So I think inherently we have this idiotic point of view that suffering is linked with being a good person and happiness somehow means that you're not and you're not being spiritual enough. And what I'd like to do is just explode all of that. You know, I'd like to turn that on its ear because we're here to be happy. And the earth is made greater by our happiness. Everyone around us is made greater by our happiness. And if there's one thing the earth requires to create a more sustainable living earth, it's more happy friggin' people. I mean, how many studies have they done that show when you direct anger at a plant, you kill it? What does it do to have 8 billion primarily unhappy people on this planet And we're saying, oh no, we'd like to actually create a future. Well, why? If you're so unhappy, why do you want to create a future? So you can exist in a meager existence? If we had 8 billion happy people on this planet, all the problems that we currently have in this world would be gone. We actually have that choice.
0: Can I just join you? I'm going to sign up to be in your tribe.
1: I am so (laughs) signing up to be
0: in your tribe, because (laughs) I feel the same, and I have to confess, that in perhaps my middle to late 20s you know people have told me happiness is my religion and i have noticed at the same token sometimes this energy that you attract where people are either criticizing you or jealous or defaming you you're like it's almost as if you are wondering should i maintain my happiness am i worthy to be happy it's not about blaming people that are trying to stifle your happiness i think our souls in some very mystical way, perhaps it's inviting the challenge and the test to confirm, do you really believe you're worthy to be happy? The other day I was outside doing the leaves in the yard, and I was just trying to get everything going, and there were some hiccups, you know, with the machine and stuff. And I said, life is like this, huh? You go out, you try to do the right thing, you do it good, and there's a hiccup, and there are two choices. You say, I give up. Om Shanti. Say lovey. Or you go, no, what's the solution? And then when you go towards the energy of solution, you feel like you're building. You literally feel like you've accessed the consciousness in terms of why you're really here, is to keep finding the capacity to grow and to live from a place of solutions. And I tell you, Dane, I really just want to be around more people like you. That energy, that light, that getting everything together, making the impossible possible. That's how I've often felt. You know, I have my wonderful, sweet mother. It's a cup of tea here. You know, she's so entertaining. And she's in such an interesting, sweet place, but nothing she does makes sense. And then I'm... I don't know if you've ever been in that position... And I find myself looking at these scenes with her and wondering how much is this impacting me? You know, they say the fruit don't fall too far from the tree, and I'm like, oh my God, please, somebody pray for me, please. And at the same token, I'm asking, what am I supposed to learn here? So as we look at life, then, tell me, what do you think we're actually here to learn? There's so many facets to life, and every facet seems like it takes us to What are you here to learn or what do you need to learn? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, if I may simplify it into two words, be happy. And I do realize that that turns every spiritual tradition that has ever existed on its ear. And yet, why else are we here? And it was interesting. I had spoken about this idea actually for many years in the classes I facilitate, that we're living in a vibrational virtual reality, basically, and we program it with our thoughts and our points of view. So our point of view creates our reality of what shows up for us. And reality does not create our point of view, our point of view creates reality. And I was watching a Greg Braden special on GuyMTV where he was saying, this reality is a virtual reality. I'm like, I've been saying that for years. Thank you, Greg, people might listen to you, you know? And so if anything, it's actually to be happy. And when I say happy, I don't mean that sort of artificial, oh my God, I'm looking so perfect today and I've lost 27 pounds and everybody loves me, so I'm so happy. I mean the fundamental sense of inner joy that we had when we were kids. A lot of us don't remember that long back, but if you notice any baby that comes in, they don't have a judgment of anything in the world. And one of my other senses of this is actually for us to go beyond judgment. Judgment of anyone or anything anyone else, anything else, also ourselves, for anything. You know, we have a definition of consciousness and access consciousness, which is where everything and everyone exists and no one and nothing is judged. If you have that, what you then have access to is your natural state, which is one of joy, which is what we see in babies. I mean, if you've ever gone out in nature and noticed all of the diversity, but also all of the intense energy all of the plants are alive, all of the animals are alive, and they're doing their thing, they're being them. They're not judging, you know? It's the mind that creates this, and from my point of view, the mind is just an artificial intelligence system that's shoved into your head or somewhere, who knows, that makes you want to fit in the box with other people rather than bust outside the box to show people what's possible. And we spend our entire lives trying to find out how to better fit in the box Because every time we were outside of the box too much, somebody gave us the judgment, somebody gave us the eye, or somebody yelled at us, somebody abused us, somebody made us wrong, and we're like, oh, okay. I see us as kind of like these really big sort of like octopi, actually more like a dragon unicorn octopus, like an octodragocorn maybe, you know, and we've got all these bright colors, and we've got the ability to do all kinds of things that we try them and nobody else gets it, so we sort of like pull our little legs back into the box and – before we know it, you know, we get to a certain point, it feels like we're crammed into this box, but we want to let those legs fly free,
0: you know? Oh, I know, Pisces, I get it. <laughs> get it? <laughs> I so get that, and I believe in that wholeheartedly. I mean, just now as we were recording, because we're still in-house, my mother came in, and the engineer is like, no, no, you have to leave, you have to leave, and I'm just with you at the moment. And I'm checking the scene, and you know how it's easy for you to allow what you think you want to happen in life versus what the reality is. And I think sometimes we get caught up in trying to control our destiny when perhaps our destiny is even bigger than what we're going to control.
1: What if our destiny is actually to be out of control? But what we think that means, we think if we don't control ourselves, we're going to do bad, terrible, vicious, mean, awful, evil things. And what I found is the people that do those things are the ones who are most controlling, but they're usually trying to control others. And I ask people a question. What would happen if you were out of control, out of definition, out of limitation, out of form, structure, and significance today? What would you choose? Or with this person or with this situation, what would you choose? And when you ask that question, you get an energy that shows up, and you're kind of like, whoa, that's interesting. It tends to lighten any situation that you ask it about, but that's because what's true for us always makes us lighter. A lie for us will always make us heavier. And what we have learned to do is try to make everything that is heavy true for us because it's got so much intensity to it. And what that creates is a life where we're continuously focusing on the intense things, the drama, the problems, the difficulties. And what we do is we miss the whisper of the lightness and the joy that's right here whispering at us, but we can't hear it because all the other things are shouting so intensely. And if we would just recognize what's true for us always makes us lighter. If it's heavy, it's not true for us. You know, if you're on a web page, if you're listening to something, you're getting heavier and heavier and heavier, stop, go do something else, go do something that makes you light. Cause if we had more people choosing more lightness on a daily basis, what would occur is their lives would get lighter in the long run, and we as a people would get lighter and lighter and lighter.
0: What is the addiction for people to tend to zone into that stuckedness and that lower vibrational frequency of consciousness? You know, one of the many compliments I've gotten was from Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith. And on his radio show, he says, One of the few people I've met has been you, Sister Jenna, and I don't feel any judgment from you. And I kind of sat back for a little bit and I thought, well, I can't judge anyone because you know I'm so perfectly imperfect that I think that we're all in this journey together, but I don't feel good with that judgment. I'm not saying that I've never caught myself somehow down that road, but my percentage is so low. I might have high percentages in other areas, but that's one that's really, really low. But I have to say, is judgment connected to this addiction? to really being attracted to sorrow, to sadness, to a sense of being victimized. Because not everyone are like you, where you might have come from a childhood that wasn't a f- to leave it to beaver sort of setting, and yet something in you says, but I don't want to be that. I was also raised in an environment similar to that on my mother's side. My father's side was the perfect Indian family. On my mother's side, it was just, you know, drama. And so I chose not to be there. But I wonder if it's because of that that I'm driven to be the one that has to survive, the one that has to build my capacity, the one that has to see the light at the end of the tunnel, or am I just wired that way? I know I've asked you a lot of questions, but you can see where I'm trying to go.
1: Yeah. Well, what I would start by is, number one, you're wired that way and people are who they are. And if we can recognize that though, we recognize, okay, this is just how I am. I'm wired that way. I will always gravitate toward creating more. And if I create a problem, I will get myself out of the problem. Also, you know in that case, you know you. Know thyself is a great suggestion, (laughs) you know. It's a very wise two words put together. So it's like if we are willing to know ourselves, then it gives us a different space from which to function in that no matter what comes our way, we know we will handle it. The difficulty is from the time we're little kids, we're taught that knowing always involves judgment. Most parents believe that their job is to teach their kids right from wrong and good from bad. I don't believe in that. My point of view is there is no such thing that's right or wrong or good or bad. Everything just is, and it's the point of view that you attach to it that creates it as such in your life and your reality. And yet we're not teaching kids choose because your choice creates what choice would you like to create? What outcome would you like to create with this? What future will this create if you choose this with you or with this person or with this creation? So people aren't actually looking at the fact that their choice creates like what is my choice for being unhappy creating today more or less? Well, less pretty much every time we would choose it. And if we had that as our awareness, we would then start to function from different choices. And one of the examples of teaching kids that I love, my best friend, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, when his little daughter was going to put her hand over the fire, he had just taken the pot off the fire. She was probably six years old. And he didn't say don't do that. He said, if you do that, it's going to hurt. And so what did she do? She put her hand close to it and felt the heat and went, Woo, I'm not going to do that. But that gave her the awareness, I have this choice to do this, but I'm choosing not to, which gave her the awareness that she actually has choice and choice has outcomes. And a lot of people say choice has consequences. Well, yeah, but that's connoting that anytime you choose, it's going to be a negative outcome. No, choice creates. Choice will always create something. And we have gotten so far away from the idea that we have choice in so many of the situations of our lives And we think if we pray enough, if we do enough processing, we do enough work, then finally we'll get to the place where we have choice, except it's all of your choices that you made prior to today that got you to where you are right now. So rather than let's look at the one choice that will change everything, because we seem to be looking for the Lord of the Rings choice, you know, the one choice to rule them all, you know, that will make everything work in our world. What one choice can I make? You know, we're searching for this elusive one choice, Rather than realizing that if we instead were to make hundreds of choices a day consciously and just go, Hey, okay, I'm choosing to walk right now. I'm choosing to put on my clothes. I'm choosing to call this person and acknowledge that we're choosing these things, what starts to occur and speaking to your point of, are we wired this way? The people that will always rise above recognize the one thing that most people don't is that they have choice. And if people would, instead of looking for the one choice to rule them all, the one choice that's going to solve all their problems and change everything, as though that actually exists, because it doesn't actually exist. Sorry, spoiler alert, doesn't exist. But instead, if they start practicing choice and practice choosing, what occurs within a few short days, actually, if people will do it, just acknowledge I'm choosing this, I'm choosing this, I'm choosing this. And then what outcome did it create? Like energetically, did it create more lightness? Did it create more joy? And then if people do it over weeks and months, what happens is they start to realize, wait, I'm choosing what's going on in my life. And when somebody gets that even a little bit, it is a monumentous change in their entire world because they've been going around believing life is happening to them, when in actuality it's their choices that have been perpetrating it for them and on them.
0: But isn't that choice what is happening to them? And in some sense, A lot of times when we make a choice, we're trying to move towards a place of our own empowerment, whether we have the wisdom of who we believe we are or not. I mean, if I'm walking around believing the world's against me and every decision that I make or every choice that I make is to prove you're against me, then of course that's going to be a power I'm putting in myself, even though it might not be a power that gives me joy. It just confirms, I think, you're against me. Right? And I keep making my decisions to confirm that, and then I complain the whole way, you know? So I feel that not only do we have choice, but if we have spiritual wisdom, or if we have access to our consciousness, can you imagine the choices that you make afterwards? Your whole life will take a completely different turn, and you'll definitely become better in terms of your expression and the way you show up in the world. Your access consciousness, I've been hearing about it. I've heard about it from people in India. I've heard about it from people here. And I would love to find out more, at least for our listeners to get a clearer idea of how did access consciousness first begin? And secondly, I'm going to ask you to take me through the process just a little bit to give me a freebie on air.
1: Okay, just remember, you asked for it. (laughs) This is not my fault. Delivering what you asked. So how it began, it actually began a little over 30 years ago now. Gary Douglas, who's now my best friend, business partner, he actually got an awareness of this thing called bars and he actually started channeling at one point and this information for these 32 points on the head came through and he was doing it and he thought it was for massage therapists and he realized, no, actually this is something that I need to bring to more people. And so that's where it started over 30 years ago. And he started these classes, teaching this technique on the head called bars. And it's still one of the foundations, if you will, of access. And what it does is it takes the stress away, but it also gives you this sense of connection and a sense of gratitude and oneness that is unlike anything I've ever experienced. So that's where it started. And then he realized that this is great, but people need to have tools in the trenches of life, not just when they're getting their bars run, not just when they're in a cave meditating, not just when they're in some spiritual retreat or something. People need tools for when, you know, their kids are going crazy and they're thinking of committing Harry Carry on them. They need something to do. And so what he did is he started researching and talking to people that were coming to classes and they would ask him a question about something like, Hey, can you help with relationship? And he's like, I don't know. I've never done that before. Let's talk. And so From no beginning point, he would ask them questions and get awarenesses of what would actually unlock it and oftentimes different than a psychological or spiritual point of view that they had or anything that had ever been discovered before. And so I came to it 20 years ago when I was at a place where I was literally going to end my life if things didn't change. I'm a seeker, as you are, and I tried every darn thing I could find in my search and it would make me happy for about three days and all I truly wanted was to be happy and have more ease in my life. And I figured if I can not at least do that, I don't need to be here anymore. So I made a date to end my life. I came across an ad for Access Consciousness Bars. I resisted it completely, saw the ad another week later in the paper and I finally called because I learned if you love it or hate it, there's something there for you. And so I went in depressed and suicidal and this girl puts her hands on my head And I've never had this before, never met the girl before. And there's this sense of peace that just flowed through me that I remembered from being a kid when I had a spiritual experience. It was just like that. And I was like, wow, I haven't felt this in 30 years. And so after about 15 minutes, she's moving her hands to different places. And then there's this joy that followed it. And I started giggling like a little kid. And I was like, (laughs) I couldn't stop myself, even though I tried. And it was just this pure energy of joy and I was amazed. But I went into the session depressed and suicidal and I came out of it with a gratitude for being alive, seeing the beauty in everything and everyone.
0: So tell me, were they offering the access consciousness at Preston?
1: No, it was in Santa Barbara where I was living and she came to my chiropractic office to do a session on me. And that's where this happened. And I will never forget it. I'll never forget looking out at the sky and the beautiful clouds and the sun out of my window and going has it always been this beautiful here it feels this way to be alive i'm in and what she also did though is she gave me a tool to use each week because we started trading i would do chiropractic she would do bars and she gave me a tool each week to use she said if anything comes up this week use this tool and so i would use the tool when the universe wanted to crash in on my head again like i had experienced so many thousands of times before And it would change it. And I was astounded.
0: Dane, what was the tool?
1: Many of them. But the first one that she gave me that really changed my whole perspective on reality was that she said 98% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions don't belong to you. You pick them up from other people like a big psychic sponge. And she said, have you ever walked into a room where somebody's angry and you start feeling angry or afraid? And I went, yeah. She's like, well, that's your awareness. And I went, oh, my God. She said, yeah, we're doing it with everybody all the time. I was like, oh, that explains my head. Okay, cool. So I woke up the following week after having my bars run three days later. And once again, it felt like the universe was crashing into my head. And I would lay in bed and cry until I had to get up and go be a doctor and try to help people. And I looked over, and what she had given me, the tool is, who does this belong to? For any thought, feeling, emotion, yucky energy, either who does this belong to or is this mine? So she wrote down, who does this belong to on this little yellow sticky note? Well, when I had come home three days before, I unknowingly unloaded all the stuff out of my pockets. I put that little sticky note there without even thinking about it, thinking I wouldn't probably even use it. And so I look over to the clock to see how much time I have left to wallow in self-pity. And I read these words without even thinking I'm reading them. I look at this little yellow sticky note, and it says, who does this belong to? As soon as I ask that question, all of this depression, the suicidal thoughts I was having – lifted and were gone and I mean that fast and I was in awe I laid there going what and then I look back and I went oh my goodness what if it was never actually mine what if I was just picking it up so dynamically because those of us who are on this journey tend to be very empathic we tend to be very sensitive and aware of others but also really desiring to contribute to others so when we perceive pain in the world We won't let it go, or we'll try to take it on to try to heal it. At the very least, we'll stay connected to it because we want to change that in the world. And I realized all of this, and it was one of those flashes where you get so much information, and I just lay there stunned for a few minutes. And every time then, I would get depressed, unhappy, or whatever. I would say, who does this belong to? Now, the bars, who does this belong to, asking questions, The clearing statement that we have in access which is a way of changing everything you know how we do cancel clear we have this thing called a clearing statement that actually goes back to the point of creation of wherever you created the limitation whether it was last week or when you were a kid or some other lifetime or many other lifetimes so we have probably i don't know about 10,000 tools in access at this point so when somebody says walk me through your process i'm like
0: okay what do you want to work on
1: because we got lots of rows to go all kinds of places and i'm happy to do that so Fast forward, here I am 20 years later because I wanted people to have access to these tools because I didn't know they were available. And before corona, I was traveling the world and presenting them to thousands of people around the world.
0: And now it's millions online. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you a question today, a very close friend of ours, her son is in a little bit of that state that you spoke about where you felt like the world was caving in on you. and. It was like, what's the use of living? And even today he texted me like, I don't care about life anymore, maybe in another lifetime. And of course those things make you concerned. But also he feels like the smoking of weed helps him to be a little bit happier. We're now in a particular culture where, what's it called? CBD. CBD and all of these things are legalized. And there are a lot of people that are turning to it to find some sort of emotional respite or some sort of a comfort or happiness. And for him, for example, smoking of the weed gives him happiness. And when that wears off, he gets into that place where he's like caving in and he feels yeah. hopeless and he can't give love to anyone. What would access consciousness do for someone like him? And the irony is, uh-huh. you meet this young man, the most beautiful human being you'll ever meet. Yeah. And yet, you know, he's just pulling in this 98% of energy which isn't his own.
1: Yeah, that. So here's a couple of things to be aware of is when somebody's really highly sensitive like that, they will smoke pot or drink or whatever. And while they're under the influence of that, feels like they can finally shut out all of this stuff. But when they're off of it, it feels like it gets worse. And, you know, I used to do that when I was in college. I used to smoke pot whenever I could afford it because I felt like I was happy for a few hours. And then it felt like it got worse afterwards. So if you can talk to him about the idea of how much are you aware of that's not yours, but also how much are you trying to heal the world and how much are you trying to heal the world with your suffering? Because one of the other points of view that so many of us seem to have is that if we suffer more, the world gets greater, except that's actually the exact opposite. When we suffer more, the world gets less. And it's a lie that we bought. It's a lie that we've been sold. It's a lie that we've been told by people who had an agenda of one form or another, whether it was to prove that their suffering was valid or whatever it is. We need to change the conversation. And for me, where I would start with him is I would say, okay, I just want you to know, number one, I totally get it. Number two, I have been there. Number three, you can change it. Number four, you're going to have to do the friggin' work, though. And you have the choice to kill yourself. Please realize that's a choice. What is that choice going to create for you and the people that you care about? Is that going to create more or less? In other words, give him the awareness that he has choice, because he's obviously bright enough to understand that. And you want to ask him, okay, who does this belong to? And I go, what? And you go, look, I was talking to this weirdo the other day on my radio show, and he said that 98% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions apparently don't belong to us and us sensitive people pick them up more than anybody else is it possible some part of that is going on for you and here's the beauty of consciousness is what's true always makes you lighter even if you hear it from someone you can't deny the truth of what is true even in this world where people are lying all the time for pretty much everything You can't deny what is true. So just that one conversation can be the beginning of opening the door even just a little bit. And then what you wanna do is go, okay, get a sense of where all this stuff is in your body. Now, if you were to expand out and expand out and expand out and expand out and actually expand out 100,000 miles in all directions, now a million miles in all directions. And I say this really fast because we're so fast we keep thinking we need to be led through things like that for five or 10 minutes to get there. Uh-oh! All we have to do is ask to be it. We're way faster than anybody else has ever given us credit for. But if you ask them to expand out and make all of these energies infinite, what happens is when you make anything infinite, what's true stays and gets more substantial and the lies disappear. And so you can ask them to do that as one of the, possibilities. What I'm looking to do in this is just give him a sense of some space and a couple of tools that he can use. Because what I would really do if I were talking to him is I would go through and I would find out what was causing it. I would help him change it. And that doesn't have to even be a long process. I mean, I've worked with people that are in that situation for 20 minutes and they're changed.
0: I hear that, and I'm going to definitely pass on some of that to him as well, because he's such a brilliant child. What I've noticed a lot, Dane, is that the energy of a lot of young men between the ages of 17 to 24, this is the age gap I've noticed, I think they're picking up a lot of the negativities of the world, and they're so empathic that they have actually sunk themselves into a place that They decide they don't want to be here anymore. I had a beautiful interview with award-winning, best-selling author as well, Ainsley McLeod. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ainsley. He's incredible. And Ainsley, I'd ask Ainsley about souls who take their lives and what happens to those souls. And he said, well, right after they do, they do regret and go, what did I just do? You know, they actually realize that it wasn't as bad as it was when they were there but they do have this sense of remorse as they go to the other side that I didn't need to go to that extreme. You know, like maybe it wasn't just my time. And I'm hoping that anyone who's even watching the show today who might be in a particular low state of mind, I'm telling you just what Dane and I said, we've been there no matter what. Sometimes life feels like it's against you, but it actually is for you if you're willing to take the time and create the right thoughts. Where does ego play a role? in the way that we sometimes position ourselves to get very stuck inside of ourselves, where we get numb or we become so depressed or so sad or so angry. Where does ego play a part?
1: Well, here's the thing, and I have a different point of view than most, in that every time I've ever tried to solve something by addressing the ego, it never changes. My sense is ego is something that we have invented as a way of describing a certain set of choices and behaviors rather than going, where does your choice fit in this? Because if we can blame the ego, then we're not directly related or directly involved in the choice anymore. And I don't mean to step on anybody's toes with that. You know, I say a lot of things that could sound like, I think I have the answer. I don't. All I have is a lot of questions. And the only thing I'm interested in is all of us moving forward together into the greatness that we are. So I want to make that very clear because I don't come across as your typical spiritual person and I don't have the same conversations because I'm me. And I really want to say that because the level of caring that I have for people and the desire that I have to see all of us become greater has no words. And I know this is the same for you. And I want to say that because even if I have a conversation, but I don't use the right word, what happens is our judgment system goes into place and says, well, reject that. He didn't say that the right way. He doesn't mean this. What I would ask is let's ask to be aware of the energy of what everything is that is being presented. And rather than reject it because it's not the right word, let's go with a sense in our awareness of the energy of what is actually available. So when I say this about ego, what I look at is we have this concept of ego as though that is our us in this reality. And in actuality, What if we look at, okay, what am I choosing that's me in this reality? And what choice do I have beyond this reality? Because reality is created wherever two or more people align and agree on a point of view. If you say, Hey, this is blue. And somebody else goes, you're right. This is blue. Now we have a reality and we have 8 billion people aligning and agreeing about what reality is right now. But the exploration I'm on is what's beyond this reality. What is beyond what everybody else is calling real? And how do we live as that? Because we're not going to change what the world has going on right now if we keep functioning from the same level of unconsciousness. You know, we talk about mass consciousness. I see a lot of mass unconsciousness. And yet I see the possibility for mass consciousness if we would choose to get over the idea that this reality that we see around us is the only choice we have. And even so much of what we're presented as a possibility is, you know, that says, oh, this is totally different. It's not, it's the furthest edge of the box of this reality. My interest is explode the box of this reality and let's see what's on the other side. Let's see what else is possible beyond so many of the constructs that even though they look like they're taking us out here, what they do is they take you out here and then they bring you back here. So what other choices do we have that we've never considered beyond this reality?
0: I think that's why a lot of people tend to be drawn to superhero figures, you know, because there's something that reminds them that there's so much more than the mundane way that they're living. And perhaps why we get so addicted to, you know, great stories or great characters is that it's reminding you there's more to you, which is sort of life of me. I don't know why people are addicted to reality television. I just can't get that one. Me but anyway, congratulations on your 10th anniversary of your best-selling book, Being You, Changing the World. Now, Thank is that going to become like a class or has that become like a program or a class so far? Like yeah, how are you actually,
1: It is. I actually created the first Being You, Changing the World class 10 years ago when the book launched, just as a way of saying, hey, the book is here. And it created so much change in people. It was the change I had always wanted to create because I do this cause I love seeing the change in people. And the interesting part was they would be in this class for three and a half days and you would see their faces open up and the light behind their eyes. And you know how you do so many things and it feels like it sort of diminishes over time. Well, I would see some of these people three months later, six months later, or I get emails from them saying, that was just the beginning. I'm just getting greater every day. And so it's a wonderful, thing from my point of view like I'm just so grateful and so blessed to be able to have this and there's actually a class coming up this weekend strangely it's an exploration into if you were truly being you what could you be and if you were truly being you would you function according to this mundane reality or would you be the neon sheep not trying to prove that you're greater not trying to prove anything but just get to be as different as you actually are
0: Just the other day, I came up with a new quote. It just came out of me, and I said, Being you is the most beautiful thing you can do. It was so powerful for me when it came right out like, So anyway, (laughs) yeah, being you is the most beautiful thing you can do. It was triggered because I was having a conversation with someone, and they were telling me about I mean, I really don't sit and listen to a lot of weights because my life is too busy. I don't have time for that. However, this slipped in our conversation when she said, Oh, nobody likes this person. Nobody. And I go, I don't believe that. I mean, there's so many people, you know, just swarming around this person. And then the person on the phone said, Oh, it's only because it's the power that the person has, and they're just taking from it, but nobody likes this person. And I just thought, that's so weird. I mean, how can you have a swarm of people around you and nobody likes you? It's just so wild for me to even think about it. But out of that, I thought to myself in my conversation with her, I said, you know, sometimes I wonder, people always tell me, Sister Jenny, you're too nice. And I go, I'm nice, but if certain things aren't going right. You know, you can see it in me. I will hold my principle and my energy in me very strongly. But then I found myself saying, Dane, You know, I wonder if I were really to speak my mind to everybody, what would that be like? (laughs) And I just thought it would be hilarious. But coming up on March 20th is World Happiness Day. What are you going to do on that particular day? Anything exciting? Anything special?
1: Well, I've got a Facebook Live plan for everybody to do what I can to contribute to them actually getting happy and knowing that it's possible. And also... There are a couple of other projects that I'm working on that are not quite done yet, but I really truly have this desire for people to know that they can actually be them and be happy and have it all. And when I say have it all, I mean that, that beauty, that, that consciousness, that spirit is living in the world, but not having to do it from separating from reality. Cause even though I said, you know, we talk about mundane reality, you should be able to live here and have everything and be everything and realize that's actually a contribution to people. And so there are a few things in the works that I'll be working on specifically on that day. But also I wanna say when you said the thing about people say you're too nice, you can be nice and potent. And your level of kindness and no judgment is such an amazing gift. And I just want to acknowledge that. Yes, you are kind. Yes, you are what people would call nice. But you're also a freaking bulldozer when you need to be. And those don't have to be separate. That's right. I got a heart in one hand and a fist in the other.
0: I mean, you've got it. you pegged picked it exactly right. And I think that's the balance, isn't it? Like, that's... When you've accessed consciousness, you find your balance. It's when it's not accessed, you're out of balance. And so stuff can go a little bit haywire. And if that's what's supposed to happen, then that's fine. But like you said earlier, do you own that? Do you want to own that state of mind? And all you got to do is choose. You know, mental awareness and stuff is coming up in May. And the pandemic hasn't been very easy on quite a lot of people globally right now. And I know that we all need to access our consciousness now more than ever. Before we end our wonderful time together, I would love, Dane, if you could share with us maybe just three tips to someone out there that might be feeling really, really low on themselves and just feeling like giving up a little bit and just feeling yucky and stucky. Yeah. How would you tell that sweet soul just to make them feel a little bit more better.
1: So first, what I'd like to do, if I may, part of it is in words, but part of it is energetic. And I wonder if all of you watching and listening, and especially if this applies to you, but even if it doesn't, would you be willing to sort of lower the walls and barriers and let in a different energy that we both can contribute to you, that the earth is contributing to all of us all the time, but also that the universe consciousness spirit god source whatever it is for you has available for you. See, a lot of the work that I do is actually energetic with people, groups, etc. And so if you'll let that in and I always ask for permission. I'm not one of those people who's like let me do this to you. It's like, hey, if I can contribute to you, I'm happy to. And so cool, right? About there something starts to change. So if you would let that in and then I will put some words also. So how much are you aware of all of the senses in the world? Many people have a sense of hopelessness. Many people have a sense of fear. Many people have a dynamic concern because what they considered reality was uprooted. And what if rather than taking it away, in other words, what if you could be aware of it, but recognize that you actually have and can be a space of being a light in the darkness that by shifting how you are with this you can actually have a sense of ease and that having that sense of ease is actually a gift to everyone and everything around you including the earth including all of us and so everywhere that you decided I'm going to use the access consciousness clearing statement because I don't know any other way to do it but everywhere that you decided that your gift to the world and the only way to truly create a different world was to take on the world's suffering and make it yours, as though that would allow you to find a path through it, will you undo that? Will you let that go? Will you destroy and uncreate that place? Right and wrong, good and bad, pod and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. And everything you've done to see you as less or believe you're less because you feel inundated with all of the sadness, the suffering, the fear, the concern, the sense of hopelessness, and everything else that doesn't even have words. And everywhere, because you can perceive it and other people don't seem to perceive it nearly as much, you believe you're somehow less when in actuality that sensitivity is a gift and a power. Everything you've done to make you less because you're aware of it, will you let that go? Destroy and uncreate it. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. And everything that doesn't allow you to acknowledge the gift that you are, no matter what you've been told over the course of your life, everything that doesn't allow you to acknowledge the gift that you are to the world, the gift that you are to every happy creature on this planet and every creature that would like to be, and the gift that you are here to be that will truly create a different possibility for us. And everything that doesn't allow you to acknowledge that my beautiful friends, you are not alone. We are here, we are in this together. We are here with you and there are a lot of us here to contribute. Will you please receive it? And as you do, will you pay it forward and also be that contribution? And everything that doesn't allow that, will you destroy and then create it please? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. And what I'd ask you to do, if you would, please, is just allow your awareness to expand out. And I'd like you to just connect with the earth, however you do. You might see an energy line going down from your heart into the earth, or expand out and encompass it with your space. And just say, hi, earth, I'm here sorry I didn't realize it could be this easy to connect with you, but I do realize that you are here and you have my back. What can I contribute to you today? And what can I receive from you? And I will do my darndest to acknowledge the gift that I have and the gift that being on this planet is. And we are here to create change, and we are doing it. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond.
0: Dr. Dane here thank you so much for your gifts your blessings, your beautiful spirit and for helping humanity to become a better version of themselves. We love you and respect you wholeheartedly
1: Thank you, I am truly honored Thank you
0: Everyone, I'm sure that you took a lot from today's conversation with Dr. Dane here. Please go to his website. He's got some upcoming programs. March 20th is World Happiness Day, which I'm sure Dane will be doing some stuff on. So just go to his website and let him know that you heard about him here on The Next Normal. We've taken a lot from our time together, and I hope it has helped you. I know for me it has shifted my energy without a doubt. One of the reasons what I love about The Next Normal, it is about creating a completely better future. Out of all of this, the next normal will be awakened individuals. Individuals who have access to their consciousness and have the ability to show up in the world and contribute more than they take. Takers get tired, givers won't. So let it be that as we move out of this particular era that we're in, that it continues to be a time period for you, that you are a server to the bigger part of the story. You are here to make the world and your life the best version it can possibly be. And so let it start with you. Thank you so much for being with us. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. Many, many good wishes. Thanks again for joining us. I'll see you again soon. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast.